0: giggles this morning. Should I tell a joke? Wow. Ouch! That hurt. Wow. I just might tell a few jokes now, but anyway. Well we're gonna get into the word now and um, you know I have a message that the Lord he gave me the title for this message probably at the middle of last year. And uh, so he gave me the title But it seemed like all throughout the week, I'm like going, "Okay, God, I got the title, but you know, there has to be stuff that follows the title, or this is going to be the shortest Easter message ever." But uh, it just seemed like all the way up until uh, Friday, I was just like going, "Okay, all right, praise God." And so I did some studying and looked some different things up, and uh, um, and then all of a sudden, it just kind of dawned on me what this message is really about. And so uh, just I trust that you will stick with me today. I want to share this right off up front. I'm going to be talking to you about um, I'm going to share with you a bunch of statistics. You might think, well, why in the world do I want to come to church and hear a bunch of statistics? Because it's going to solidify my uh, one of the main points of the message. All right. And the reason I'm even sharing with you right now that I'm going to do that is because there's going to be some statistics given out that maybe you either were. A part of it, you know what I'm talking about? You participated in it. Or, you know, uh, you know of somebody, a family member or a loved one or something along those lines. This is in no wise to cause anyone in here to feel condemned. We love you. God loves you. There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And as you will soon find out, I, too, fall within these statistics. My life, the way I used to live. And so with that said... I want to start this Easter morning. I know it's the time we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, as we should. But how many know, before there was a resurrection, there first had to be a blood-stained cross? In other words, before Jesus came out of the grave, he first had to die for our sins and our transgressions. Well, this morning, I want to share this message with you that I believe needs to be heard now more than ever. And just like with Easter, where there first had to be the darkness and the sadness of the cross, we know it didn't stop there. For out of that darkness and and sadness came the most powerful story of redemption man has ever experienced or ever will experience. The resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And now by our faith in Jesus, we too can experience that exact same resurrection life. Oh, what a good God we serve. Now, I know it goes without saying. But we're living in a very dark time. In fact, it seems like the darkness is growing darker and darker and darker. Just look at how life itself has become so cheap to so many. Now, I again just want to reiterate, I'm going to share some statistics with you, and these are alarming statistics. But I want to emphasize this strictly from the perspective of showing you how dark this world has become. First of all, over 60 million babies have been aborted since 1973, over 60 million babies. That's 60 million human beings. That's over 18% of our current population. Where those babies' lives were snuffed out. Because the mom or the dad or both considered the baby inconvenient. Or too much of a hassle. I mean, I've got to live my life. I can't be tied down to this baby. And to justify all of this, the pro-abortion folks like to tell us that it's not really a baby in there, at least not through the first three or four months. And plus, they don't even feel pain till up to 20 weeks, they say. What a bunch of lies straight from the pit of hell. I'm telling you right now, as far as God is concerned, from the very moment of conception, there is a human being inside of that woman. Well, what about the rise of suicides in our country? Now, uh, this this just took me aback so much. Close to one million people die due to suicide every year. Which figures out to one person every 40 seconds. They're committing suicide. Every 40 seconds. The number two cause of death in teenagers right now is suicide. In fact, suicide increased 56%. From 2007 to 2016, between the ages of 10, 10 10-year-olds are committing suicide all up through 19. And unfortunately, so many of these teenagers, they now approach suicide as if it's a game to play. Oh, come on, come on. Let's do this. Let's, Let's make this pact together. Let's commit suicide together like it's a game. Friends, once you, 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 you kill yourself, there's no coming back. As a youth pastor, I was called to the hospital and dealt with young teenagers who had attempted suicide. Teenagers who were contemplating suicide. I've dealt with, at the beginning of this church, we dealt with a family whose lives were, were broken. Because the, one of the members of the family committed suicide. It is such a sad, sad situation. What about criminal activity? 2017, there were 1.3 million acts of violent crimes in this country. Which breaks down to 36, over 3,600 violent crimes every day in this country. There were over 17,500 murders and over 136,000 rapes in 2017. That's crazy. What about drug use? 2013, an estimated 24.6 million Americans aged 12 or older, that's 9.4% of the population, had used an illicit drug in the past month. Over 20 million Americans over the age of 12 have an addiction. And that's not even talking about tobacco, nicotine. 100 people die every day from drug overdoses. This uh, rate has tripled in the past 20 years. Over 5 million emergency room visits in 2011 were drug-related. 2.6 million people with addictions have a dependence on both alcohol and illicit drugs. 9.4 million people in 2011 reported driving under the influence of illicit drugs. Rates of illicit drug use is highest among those aged 18 to 25. Over 90% of those with an addiction began drinking, smoking, or using illicit drugs Before the age of 18. And now one of the fastest growing addictions. In this country are with opioids. Which are prescribed. In hospitals by doctors. For pain relief. There are over 200,000. Cases. Every every year here in the United States. Where people become addicted to opioids. And it's the, the death rate. Amongst the opioids is growing. Bigger and bigger and bigger every year. Well, what about alcohol? I know that sometimes people like to argue that, you know, alcohol is okay as long as you do it moderately. I was talking to somebody recently and I simply said to them, how can I put my stamp of approval on something that almost destroyed my life? can't do that. Listen to this. Almost 17 million people deal with alcoholism. Did you hear that? 17 million people. And an estimated 88,000 people die from alcohol-related causes annually. Every year, 88,000 people die because of alcohol. Making alcohol the third, the third, the third leading preventable cause of death in the United States. That's crazy. What about living in poverty and starvation? It's estimated that there were over 554,000 homeless people on any given night in 2018. Did you hear that? That's over a half a million people homeless in 2018 with approximately 43 million people living in or below the poverty level. And some 795 million people in the world do not have enough food to live a healthy, active life. 795 million people basically are starving. That's about one in nine people in the earth today. In 2017, around 40 million people struggled with hunger here in the United States. What about wars and rumors of wars? Over 123 million people have died in wars. In the 20th century. And that's not even including terrorism. And how many know that there is more strife. More strife than ever in this country. Between ethnic groups. Blacks and whites and whites and reds and so forth and so on. And what about the strife between political groups. Democrats and Republicans and so forth. It's crazy right now. It's out there so strong right now. The bottom line is this this world is growing darker and darker and darker. Thanks for pointing that out, Pastor Dan. That sure does make me feel all warm and fuzzy on the inside. Stick with me, because this ain't the end of the message. But how many could definitely see something is happening? Something is going on in this world. Something that we, I, I don't believe we've ever seen it like this before. I don't believe that we, as a country, have seen the hate that is going on all over the place. So why do you believe we're seeing so much darkness everywhere we turn? Most of all, I believe it's because of our enemy, Satan. He realizes that his time is almost up. His back's up against the wall so he's trying to cause as much much death and destruction as he possibly can. And one of the biggest ways he does this, and I want you to pay attention to this. One of the biggest ways he does this is by deceiving people into believing that their lives are worthless. How does he do that? By using people. To speak negative and cruel words over over these people, these people from the time they were very young. You're a failure. You'll never amount to anything. You're too fat. You're too skinny. You're too ugly. You're stupid. You're a mistake. You're worthless. And as a result of all of these negative words, eventually these people begin to look at themselves in the mirror and say that's right i am a nobody my life is worthless nobody loves me nobody cares about me and as a result of acquiescing to all of that junk they begin to either lash out at others with the same kind of cruelty that they've received using their words to wound others or they begin to drink or do drugs To escape from the reality of their pain. The pain on the inside. And eventually, many of those folks end up becoming criminals. To supply their habits. Or worse yet, many of them accept that their lives are worthless. That nobody could possibly love them. So they just give up. And as we just saw by those startling statistics... Many of them end up taking their very own lives. Friends, I know from whence I speak. As a young teenager, even though I grew up in a loving family, I had loving parents, I had loving siblings, even though I received a football scholarship to a major university, even though I was hired as a school teacher and a football coach, I had such a poor outlook on my life my self-esteem was horrible i didn't think i had what it took to measure up to succeed in life so i began to drink heavily and eventually began to do drugs heavily until my life was in shambles all around me i became addicted to cocaine i began to do a a drop acid in ecstasy And other drugs along those lines. I was drinking not on occasion. I was drinking regularly throughout the week. Usually to get drunk. Smoking marijuana almost every day of the week. I lost my teaching and coaching job. Because all I cared about at this point in my life. Was getting high to escape the pain inside of me. I literally hated the man I saw in the mirror. I hated me. Thank God I had a mother who got on her knees and prayed for me. But finally, after yet another all-nighter, snorting cocaine and partying heavily, I came home to find my mom awake. When I broke down in tears and told her about my partying lifestyle, Told her that I was addicted to cocaine. She immediately knew what she was going to do for me. You know the devil's such a stinking liar. I had wanted to tell her about it for so long. But I always thought that if I told her, it would break her heart. And she would weep and cry. Because again, my stupid choices. That's not what happened, friends. I ended up going to a place called Canaan land, a a ministry that helps men with problems with drugs and alcohol, as well as problems with the law. And when I went there, my life completely changed. I said my life completely changed. No longer did I view myself as a loser. No longer did I look at, at my life as worthless. No longer did I hate who I was. I was no longer living my life to please other folks. To try to measure up. Seeking the praise of people. I had found the true reason to live. I finally had purpose in my life. I found out that my life did matter. Friends, it was only when I turned my life over to Jesus Christ. That things changed for me. Why? Because I came to realize that my worth was not determined by what others thought about me or said about me. Or by what I had accomplished or hadn't accomplished. Or by what I had obtained or hadn't obtained. Or anything else this world offered me. I came to realize that my life, my worth was determined by the price paid for me. And the price paid for me was the ultimate price, the precious blood of Jesus. Friends, I am worth enough that he gave his life for me. And you, every single one of you in this room, are worth enough that he gave his life for you. I'm telling you right now, in the eyes of Almighty God, I am priceless. You are priceless. See, the Bible tells us that there is nothing here on this earth. No amount of gold or silver or precious jewels. Nothing could save you and me. Nothing could set us free from the hands of the enemy. The Bible says it this way in Psalm 49. And you can look up here. This is from the Passion Translation. It says, a soul's redemption is too costly and precious for anyone to pay with earthly wealth. The price to pay is never enough to purchase eternal life for even one to keep them out of hell. So what is your life worth? How valuable are you? What price was paid for you? 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19 says it this way knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but you were redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. So according to this verse, these verses, all the silver and all the gold could not have redeemed you and me, could not have purchased us back. I took the time and I went online to see how much all the gold and all the silver that's currently been mined is worth. All the gold that has been mined in this world right now is approximately worth $7.5 trillion. And all the silver is approximately worth $59.5 billion. I also took the time to look up some of the most expensive jewels in the world and diamonds in the world. And the most expensive is the Hope Diamond. And it costs anywhere from $250 to $300 million for one diamond. The graph pink diamond is worth $46 million. The most expensive house in the world is in, is in England, Buckingham Palace. You know how much that house is worth? $1.55 Then I tell you it has over 900 rooms? Bedrooms. Bedrooms. There's so many bathrooms, you would never have to worry about waiting in line. <laughs> and listen to this. The most expensive vehicle in the world. There's some really cool-looking vehicles, by the way, that are very, very expensive. The most expensive vehicle is the Rolls-Royce Sweptail at $30. million for a car that could take you from one place to the next. $13 million. And yet, if you were to combine all of those things together, in fact, listen, you could combine all the wealth found in this world, combine it all together, and it wouldn't be enough to purchase you or me or anyone else. Friends, you and I are worth more than all the wealth found in this world combined. Say long. Stop and think about it. According to 1 Peter 1.1, the absolutely only thing that could have bought our freedom is the precious blood of Jesus, the spotless Lamb of God. That word, redeem, that word redeemed means to to be bought back from, to be set free. Well, what have we been bought back from? From What have we been set free from? Listen to this. Psalm 107 declares, we've been redeemed, we've been set free from the hand of the enemy. Woo! Friends, the devil can no longer hold sway over you and me unless we allow him to. That's good news. And then in Psalm 103, the Bible says that we've been redeemed from destruction. As we just saw, there's destruction happening all around us. But if you are a child of God, that destruction does not have to come into your house. Glory to God, because we've been redeemed from destruction. Thank you, Jesus. And then the Bible tells us in Galatians 3.13 that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having been made a curse for us. And what does that mean? What does the curse of the law include? It includes every form of sickness and disease, every form of poverty and lack, as well as spiritual death. And since Christ has redeemed us and set us free from sickness and disease and poverty and lack and spiritual death, that means instead of sickness and disease, we get to have a whole and healthy body. We get to live in prosperity and abundance. We get to have spiritual life, eternal life on the inside of us. That's what Jesus Christ has redeemed us to and what he's redeemed us from. Listen, the blood of Jesus has set you free. Glory to God. Listen to these scriptures. Again, you can look up here. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we're a free people. Free of penalties and punishments chalked up by all our misdeeds. And not just barely free, either abundantly free. I like that. See, when you once were bound, but you are now free, it just does something on the inside of you. It puts a little hop in your step. It makes you throw your shoulders back. It makes you feel good about yourself. I'm not a bound man. I'm a free man in Christ. The Bible says in Colossians 1, 13 and 14 from the the Living Bible, For he rescued us out of the darkness and gloom of Satan's kingdom and brought us into the kingdom of his dear Son, who bought our freedom with his blood and forgave us all our sins. So how much are you worth? Remember, our worth is determined by the price paid for us. And the price paid for us is worth more than all the riches of this world combined. For the price paid for us was the precious blood of Jesus Christ. God was willing to give his very own son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross so that we now can live with him forever. Phew. That's how much you're worth to him. And when you get this revelation down in your heart, it changes everything. No longer will you go through life with your head down because you think you're a loser or you think you're a failure or you feel like you're worthless. No, for in the eyes of Almighty God, you are priceless. The ultimate price was paid for you and me. And now by our faith in Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us that we have become children of God. Think about that. Your daddy is the heavenly father. I said your daddy is God. God Almighty. The Bible tells us that we are now God's very own masterpiece. His workmanship. And God doesn't make junk. Did you hear what I just said? God doesn't make junk, my friends. In fact, the Bible tells us that we've been fearfully and wonderfully made. Which means when God made you, he didn't say, oops, mess that one up. Hello? You are beautiful in the sight of God. You are the apple of his eye. You are priceless to almighty god so every time you come together and on on an Easter morning and not just on easter morning you get to remind yourself of these truths all the time listen all that jesus did from his death on the cross to his being buried in the tomb to his being raised up from the dead to his ascension to the right hand of the father on high All that Jesus did, he did for you. He did it for you. Glory to his name. And why? Because he knew there was nothing else that could redeem us, set us free. So great is his love with which he loves us. I'm telling you, friends, (laughs) when I went to Canaan land and this became real to me, I don't even know how to express it enough. I want to share one instance when I was at Canaan. Land. I got there. And again, this is the place where I got I went there. Addicted to cocaine, drinking heavily, you know, carousing, acting the fool, fighting all of this junk. I went there when God got a hold of my life, It became so real to me. But I remember. Dr. Tommy was the teacher there and he was in his probably in his. Late sixties, early seventies. At that time, and he came to me. And this was like probably about three months in, and I mean, God had already been doing some—I incri- I mean, just incredible things in my life. But he came to me and said, "He said, Daniel, I—I I, I, I sense that God is wanting to do something else in your life." And I'm thinking to myself, oh, "He's already been doing some incredible things for me," but I listened to what he said. And anyway, we went to a service. I want you to get this. We went to a service, and there was an altar call. And this altar call was so big. I mean, it was just filled with people. And the the, the minister who was ministering said this. He said, many of you will be ministered to before I even get to you, before I even lay hands on you. While you're waiting in line, God will minister to you. So I was pretty far back, and I closed my eyes. And when I closed my eyes, I screamed out as loud as I possibly could. Not out, outwardly, but inwardly. I don't even know how to describe it. I screamed out as loud as I could on the inside. I hate myself. I admitted that I hated who I had become. But at the very moment I said that, this weight went off of my shoulder. And it was like God came and got inside of me and began a marvelous work, the likes of which he's still doing to this day. Because he was showing me that my life wasn't worthless, that I was special to him. That he loved me, that he believed in me. That was probably my biggest struggle. Believing in myself. And he was telling me, I believe in you, Daniel. You're not worthless to me. You're priceless. And I want everybody in this room to know that this morning. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. It doesn't matter. The blood of Jesus is greater than that. The blood of Jesus has already redeemed you. All you have to do is receive it into your life. Glory to God. I know, again, from whence I speak. I know because I know what it did for me. I know many of you in this room could probably stand up and testify. God did the same thing for me. But it won't happen for you unless you make that choice. To say, Jesus, I bow the knee to you right now. I've tried everything this world has had to offer me. In my life, I don't like where I'm at. I don't like who I've become. But I give my heart to you, Jesus I promise you if you do that he'll come rushing into your life and he'll change your life get this revelation that you are priceless to him thank you lord with your everybody just close your eyes real quickly your eyes closed and no one looking around i can't tell you enough what jesus means to the only way I know to do it now is to live for Him. Sold out to Him because of how He set me free from drugs and alcohol, from all kinds of different things and vices of the enemy. I'm living proof what the love of the Master can do for something. And get that revelation that my life, my life means something. I am not worthless. I'm priceless. And I'm telling you, With everything that's in me, by the Spirit of God directed right to your heart right now, He's speaking that to you. You are not worthless, you are priceless. He loves you, He believes in you. All it takes is a decision now. All it takes is a decision now. I'm going to give my heart to you, Lord. I'm not going to hold back anymore. I know this is what I want to do.